This is a download from Channel 4. To find out more, go to channel4radio.com. Previously on Lost. Two players, two sides. One is light, one is dark. Do you want to know a secret? What if everything that happened here happened for a reason? We can't live together. We're going to die alone. I thought I heard whispering. We're not the only people on this island, and we all know it. We have only three choices. Run, hide, or die. Do you think we're being punished? Every 108 minutes, the button must be pushed. Guys, where are we? Hello, I'm Ian Lee. This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. We've come down the hatch again, having just seen episode 12, which my panellists are now straining up the leash to get their teeth into. Thankfully, yes, I'm here too, to take control and ensure not too much blood is shed. I'll also be giving you another chance to get into the draw for the big bunker of lost prizes, casting my critical eye over some of your lost theories, and very excitingly, we'll be hearing how geeky Tom got along interviewing co-creator of Lost, Damon Lindelof, and what Damon thinks of my own personal and brilliant theory, the thing about the super brain computer. And if all that's not enough, we'll also have an exclusive clip from next week's episode. So come down into our hatch as we bring you UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. My panel this week are Janine. Hello, Janine. Hello. Uh, Nikki. Hi, Ian. Uh, and Paul, the editor of the excellent Lost magazine. I'm saying excellent because you keep bringing us freebies. Hooray. Well done, sir. <laughs> uh, the question this week, we'll start with you, Paul. Which character, if any, do you think will be the next to die? Or who would you like to die, perhaps, is uh, slightly more appropriate. Mm. <laughs> I, well, let's start with who I think is going to die by yes. the nature of the story. Mm. Um, I think you have some characters like... Saeed. Mm. They couldn't kill Saeed, Don't could they? Don't kill Saeed! Well, I'm trying to think of the way the story's going to go, or what we think it's going to go. So, Saeed... Well, Saeed's story's quite dark at the moment anyway. We've had the Shannon incident, so maybe... Yeah. Maybe the writers might see Shannon as... She's gone. Yeah. Saeed is distraught. Maybe he's going to do something ridiculous, and then he's going to... So you going. think he may go... Who would you like to see go? Um... I'd like to see... It's got to be Anna. Mm. Oh, mm. uh, Janine, who do you think will go, and who do you, would you like to see go? Uh, who will I think will go? Well, there's been a few warnings about Aaron, maybe. The, the baby? <laughs> I'm not necessarily They're not going to kill a baby, <laughs> are they? No, but he might, he might take him away, and you never know what's going to happen. Um, so and who would you like to see go? Based on today's episode, my God... Charlie oh. and some hideous <laughs> drug-induced... I'm a little um, side on that. You know... We'll come back to t- this episode in a minute. Charlie, uh, N- Nikki, who do you think's going to go? I'd like to see... Well, I, I guess it's kind of a fusion of who I'd like to fusion, see. Fusion, wow. Yeah. I'd like to see Claire go. I find her yeah. really annoying. Yeah. Um, and it would be interesting to see who takes on the parental duties from there. Mm. Maybe they won't need to, because Aaron might be dead too. Aaron might be dead. They may die in a tragic double <sighs> episode... 
accident slash... Is that, does that sentence finish at all? No. Oh, well, let's leave it there, then. Uh, now, for those of you who haven't seen episode 12, or, or just need a quick refresher, here's a summary of what happened. It's a Charlie episode this week, uh, and in his flashback scenes, we see him as a little boy on Christmas Day being given a piano by a mum uh, with high expectations of him and a vague, wandering accent. It's a piano! This is mine? Yes, Charlie. Father Christmas must have known how talented you are. Your special love. Someday you're gonna get us out to here, all of us. Now, go on, play us a tune. We also see him again in the drive shaft years, although the band are now on the decline and resorting to making nappy adverts. This is probably due to Brother Liam's big problem with drugs, which lead him to miss the birth of his daughter and be thrown out by his girlfriend. Charlie tries to help him, he even starts writing a song for them on the piano, but in the end, Liam helps himself to the piano, which he sells to buy a plane ticket to Australia, where he intends to live with his girlfriend and daughter and get cleaned up. What about the band? What about the song? Try to understand. I have to go. I have to. Look, I'll give you a call when things settle down for me. For you? What about me? What about my family? What about my family? Back on the island, Charlie's been having surreal and vivid dreams that lead him to do a bit of sleepwalk kidnapping of baby Aaron. Aaron, Aaron? Uh, he's convinced Aaron, Aaron, is in danger. Uh, we'll finalise that at the end. But Locke thinks he's using again and turns detective, following Charlie into the jungle and finding him with his stash of statues. Oh, wait. John, wait. Right. What are you going to do? You going to tell Claire? She can't. Look, if she sees then, I'm done. She'll never trust me again, and she has to, John. It's about the baby, all right? Aaron's in danger. You have to believe me. You've given up the right to be believed, Charlie. Charlie, confused by all that's happening, turns to Mr Echo for help. What are your dreams about? Variations of Aaron being in mortal peril. Trapped in a piano. Drifting out to sea. There's the flying dove and Claire and my mum dressed as angels telling me I need to save the baby. What? Have you ever considered that these dreams mean something? Like what? What if you do need to save the baby? Charlie is now so certain there's a threat to the baby that he starts a fire to distract everyone so he can take the baby away and have him baptised. He's spotted, though, and Locke shows a violent side by punching him really hard in the face three times. However, his warnings do seem to worry Claire as she asks Locke about baptism. Charlie came by my tent before and told me Aaron had to be baptised. He was in danger. My understanding is that baptism is about making sure that children get into heaven should anything happen. Call it spiritual insurance. There isn't any danger, Claire. Charlie just... Charlie just feels like he has to save the baby because he can't save himself. Still not convinced, Claire goes to Mr Echo, who baptises her and the baby. And in the final scene, we see Locke now has all the Virgin Mary statues and is locking them away with the guns in the hatch. Uh, there's a lot going on with Locke in this episode. We'll come to it in a minute. Uh, let's Quickly, Aaron or Aaron? That's what I'm confused about, because isn't Aaron the one that's in the, in the Bible? Mm. So is there some sort of pronunciation difficulty on set? What's going on? Uh, well, let's be honest, what do we think of the episode? Not one of my favourites by a long way. 
It's not. A, it's not a fan favorite. It's not a fan favorite from the forums. It's um. Is it? There's a lot going on. It has a very surreal edge to it. But um. But it, I do love the lock stuff in it. I think the lock. That's mm. the through line, which I think really works for me. And we talked about lock. Terry Queen being you know King Lear esque on, mm. on the show, mm. and all those kind of beautiful bits when he goes to find the stash and he just looks at him and he says, you know, uh, you should stay away from him for a little while. Mm. He just leaves it hanging, and you think, whoa, that is a threat. I think Locke lock lock, lock saves the episode for me because I think all that religious imagery I think is a bit shoddy anyway and it's not done very well and the, the vague wandering accents that, that, that yeah, they the have. Yeah, the I mean, uh, probably the, um, the American audience don't feel that as much as we do because mm. we can recognise that um, the brother's changing from English to Irish to... Bit know, of Australian in there. And, yeah, a bit Australian and it's kind of all over the place but but they probably won't pick up on that. Yeah, also, the Americans won't pick up that Brixton, uh, station, <laughs> we don't have grasshoppers in the background and we don't have two... Uh, hobos chatting around a brazier. Yeah. Well, we didn't this morning. Unbelievable. Okay, well, it is Charlie's story. Lots of vivid dreams. Baby being trapped in the piano, in a cradle, drifting out to sea, his mum and Claire dressed as angels, and a sleepwalking kidnap. What's going on, Nikki? It's a double thumbs down for me this week, mm. Ian. I mean, the, the fusion, I'm going to use the word again. Oh, wow. Of religion versus drugs, my two least favourite themes on the show. Not a fan. Janine? Yeah, it seems a bit kind of clichéd. It's as if they thought, oh, God, Charlie's a main character, we have to put another episode in. Let's go back to that theme about the brother and the drugs and add some baby Jesus in there. But they must be giving us clues, because there are so many images and symbols and bits and pieces in there that they wouldn't waste an episode with that much information. There must be clues. Do you think they're, they're telling us something? Is the significance of, of the baby being baptised, is that really important? I don't know whether the actual baptism is important, but I think that Echo, what Echo's up to is important with the trees. Mm. I think that seems very important. Oh, he's and marking the trees. He's really, marking what trees. What are you doing? <laughs> I'm marking trees. <laughs> Why? How awesome is Echo? Yeah, why did it? Because they're my favourite. <laughs> Brilliant. But, the, um, but no, I think that's the... Um, maybe there's some really cool lost misdirection going on. You know, maybe we're not getting that. Because Aaron seems to be in a way the focus of it the, the baby and we know that Claire was taken for that period of time in season one because she had an unborn child and, mm. and there seemed to be some interest in that but I going back to your theory about the supercomputer thing mm. super was, brain computer su- su- sorry su- <laughs> CSBC yeah, I was yeah. watching that I was watching this week with that in mind a little bit yeah. kind of here and it appears that if that's the case maybe there is somebody projecting these kind of images these dreams to throw Charlie and push him in a certain direction mm. control mm. yeah exactly and maybe they're trying to pick people off and ostracise because Charlie's completely ostracised now. Well, yeah, kind of just manipulating yeah. people. So, do we think that Charlie's taking drugs again? No, no, no. no that's a definite no-no. Do you know how I know? He doesn't have the red rings around his eyes. <laughs> no, he kind of did. He kind of he did, did at the, towards right, the, end, right yeah. the end. He had that they, green pallor that we they, all know heroin addicts have. Yeah. They're green. <laughs> they did yeah. a great job of making his lips colourless, which I thought was nice. It was good when Locke beat the <gasps> cack out of him. Wasn't that was it? Hard. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. And he got a bitch slap around the chops from Claire. Yeah. Early that on. was a great slap. He's not doing well, why would the baby be in danger? I mean, they've tried... The French woman tried to run off with the baby, didn't she, at one mm, point? Yeah. The kids being taken is an ongoing theme in this, isn't it? Yeah. <laughs> well, I, was hoping, I was hoping that would open up uh, some kind of debate there, but no, you've just agreed with me, fine. But why is that? Why do we think that is, then? Why do we think that, that newborns well, or... You know. It's my job. <laughs> What's going on there? Could he be more susceptible to yeah. the disease that everyone's talking about on the island? Well, the, well, the quarantine. You know, like, yeah, the whole quarantine thing. And yeah. Desmond's taking these steroids and all of that sort of carry on. Maybe infants are more susceptible to this disease. That's or are they? Is it the thing they're island? looking for for that one special yeah. child? They're not tainted. And then Aaron, Aaron is fair and blonde and, and then you've got Walt who's dark. It's the psychic. Back to the black and white theme. Good mm. evil. 
Super Brain Computer times two. Mm. In one of the dreams, Charlie has got those bandages on. Uh, and it fate. Yeah. Do we read anything to, to that? Be Chris Martin, isn't it? How mm. awful is it? Oh, I've, ri- I've, I've written a new song, bro. <laughs> I've written a new song. Oh, I, th- I think this could be the one. Oh, it's just <laughs> unbelievable. And also, I thought quite unrealistic as well that a hard rock band would end up doing nappy adverts. Yes, they'd end up doing an advert in Japan or something. Yeah. They wouldn't end up doing nappy adverts. Well, but, I but, like the, it. Blink 182 would have done that. <laughs> <laughs> Judging With a sense of irony, yeah. though. Uh, Charlie says to Locke, you said everything happens for a reason. This island tests us. Is he being tested or is he just showing off a little bit? Well, I think he, it seems to be that he's throwing all that stuff that Locke said back in his face a bit, which, mm. is, which is cool to do because Locke did have the whole season one thing of I know everything I'm quite zen you know not in an arrogant way but it's no trust the island trust the island I think that Locke's very frustrated now because he doesn't completely trust destiny we're seeing Locke getting more and more frustrated aren't we and turning from being you know the good guy in series Mm. one to possibly potentially getting quite dark I think Locke I quite like him dark yeah Mm. and it looks like Charlie's kind of going off Towards the end, he looks when he sets the fire and he's just sitting there. He looks like he's becoming a bit of a bad guy as well. Yeah, there's like the whole hood thing. Up. Yeah. Okay, we'll come back to that in a minute. It's time for this week's competition. We have three lost goodie bags to give away, and one person will go into the draw to win a big bunker of prizes, which includes books, photos, and a sweatshirt signed by the cast. The question is: In this episode, we see which part of London Charlie lived in. Was it A. Brixton, B. Camden, or C. Notting Hill? Call 09011 leaving your answer, your name, and your telephone number. Number. Calls cost 25 pence a minute. Or you can text the word LOST and your answer to 83188. Each text costs 25 pence. This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio. I'm Ian Lee, here with Janine, Paul and Nikki. Still to come, we'll hear Tom talking to co-creator of Lost, Damon Lindelof. But for now, let's get back to episode 12, where we start to see another side to Locke. Now, Locke follows Charlie, finds the statues... Doesn't get rid of them. I thought when he was loading up with water, mm. he was going to have a mission in the, the forest and go and smash them up. He puts them in the gun mm. cupboard. Is it because they're going to use the uh, heroin for medicine? Or is it just so that they can bring back the drug story in season three? I think that's yes. probably what it is, but I think it, he's doing it as this whole the island's here to test us and put temptation there and don't go there and that makes you stronger kind of thing. I think he's gone beyond the temptation stage, no doubt, hasn't he? Because he was saying the only reason Charlie's got those statues, not because of the island, because that Charlie took them and put them there. Do you remember episode, I don't know, the, the episode in series one where he gives Boone that weird hallucinogenic which he rubs in a cut in his head? Any chance he's done the same thing with Charlie? I say that because the visions that Charlie has are so borderline psychedelic. Like, you know, the religious thing where it's his mum on the beach in that pose. It seems too far-fetched to even be a dream. Surely that could only be some kind of drug-induced... It's a good point, Vision. Why is Locke being so protective of the baby? That's kind of a, a recent development, that he's actually that bothered about the baby. I just think it's a generational thing. He wants to make sure Claire, the weaker one, is being looked after and her baby also. Mm. I don't think it goes much deeper than that. He tries loosely to persuade Claire not to have the baptism. Not overtly, but he sort of says... Uh, Discredits it, Yeah, it's, it's yeah, a, a lot of rubbish, really. Well, that's just religious or not religious, isn't it? Mm. Yeah. I felt a bit really uncomfortable with all the Christian stuff, and it's to be mm. honest. I thought it was unnecessary. But this is what would be cool if they turn it on its head with that, the baptism and the religious stuff that... <clears throat> not going back to your theory again, but if the characters like Echo and Charlie had this thing about baptism and it's important, if they, if they debunk that entirely and say that a lot of the visions have been forced in some kind of way by some kind of manipulation, that would be great because it will completely turn those characters who have faith as a big important thing on their head and they won't know what to deal with that. My worry from this episode is that the series is going to go all American and it's all going to be about God. 
and God is going to save them, literally. That's my fear, is it's going to become a Christian show. I also worry that it becomes that American versus British. You know, the British are always the scallywags and mm. the bad druggies guys and, and the, the druggies. Yeah. And no, talk like that, Mary Poppins. All right, lads. Okay, Hurley and Libby kind of pop up quite a little bit in this. Uh, the interesting thing, when uh, they're doing the laundry, Libby notices that the washer and dryer are newer than everything else in the house. I missed that completely. I, that, yeah, I yeah. noticed that, but I hadn't actually picked up on it, but you're right. Uh, there's a, a strange bit when Honey says, do I know you from somewhere? And she says, she explains it when she says, oh, you trod on my foot, you big fat lump. But uh, it felt like they knew each other from somewhere else, perhaps. Yes. And she was trying to cover up. Yeah, because it was just such a horrible thing to say. He really mm. he really felt bad after that. And while he's obviously trying to think of where he knows her from, she, she goes, oh, turn around, I'm going to put a dress uh, yeah, on now exactly. and you can have a look at me. Distraction. Yeah. Classic female. So, I mean... <laughs> Now, Nikki, you have been monitoring what is being called the lost experience for us. That's right. Very quickly, just remind us what that is, and then give us an update and tell us where we are now. The website is stophanzo.rachelblake.com. Oh, hang on. So, this, so the hanzofoundation.org... Has shut down. It's gone. I'll you listen. should go to the Channel 4 forward slash lost. Okay. Um, and you'll be directed there. So Rachel Blake, this woman, she's emerged out of nowhere and she's, she's on a crusade to bring down the Hanzo Foundation. Mm-hmm. So far we've seen her travel to Copenhagen. She's asked everyone on the internet to help her and she's sort of concealing lots of different details and everyone's following her about. And she's caught the main character, who seems to be the villain, Mittelwerk, at a shipping archive. And it turns out that he He's been talking to a Korean man named Paik, who is organising a special ship for him. Now, that's Sun's dad's name. It is Sun's dad's name. <laughs> Apparently it is quite a common name in Korea, but it's it makes us wonder. Mm. Um, we found out all sorts of things, like Magnus Hanzo. He Magnus. was the captain of the Black Rock. Oh. The ship that is on the island. We also found out that Magnus Hanzo has been involved in slavery and weapons trade, but, you know, obviously this guy's if he was with the Black Rock, he's some generations yeah. back. Mm-hmm. So we wonder if that has a connection with Alvar Hanzo, who is the uh, CEO of the... The Hanzo Foundation. Hanzo Foundation. Which, is, is, foundation. which is above the Dharma That's initiative. That's right. Yes. So they are the ones who are in charge of the Dharma initiative. Okay. What else have we found? I'll, I'll whip through it all. Rachel actually had an incident where she bumped into Mittelwerk in the street on purpose and um, she caught a shot of a very mysterious map of an island. Oh, hello. The equator. <laughs> Wow. So now Mittelwerk's goons are after her and she's had someone break into her hotel room. It's like you're, sorry, it's like you're talking about some 1950s uh, cop show. <laughs> the, the goons are after her. Fashion chops. Well, that's exactly what they're doing. Yeah. Um, she smacks one of them over the head with an iron Ooh. and moves hotels. <laughs> then via a sort of a confidant, she finds out that the Vic Institute has burnt to the ground. Now, the Vic Institute, it's not a place housing mental patients which we were led to believe earlier it is in fact where they have mathematicians working in secret with an equation secret mathematicians does it get any more exciting I know then finally up to yesterday we found out that the leader of this institution's gone missing and it may have something to do with the Valenzetti equation which Mm. apparently spells the end of the world and she's off to Italy (laughs) I'm going to email can I email her you can email this girl you can you can um Leave a comment on her blog. I'm going to leave a comment saying, why don't you watch Lost? It'll, it'll answer a load of questions for you, love. So so it's on the telly. At. Brilliant. Hey, listen, thank you very much for that, Nikki. Keep us informed of any more uh, developments there. Coming up on UK Lost, we have your theories, an exclusive clip of episode 13, and Tom's interview with co-creator of Lost, Damon Lindelof. Since the dawn of time, man has been curious, imagining all that is possible. 
The Hanzo Foundation, reaching out to a better tomorrow. Discover the experience for yourself. Go to thehanzofoundation.org. This is UK Lost from Channel 4 Radio, and it's time now to try and get closer to solving the mystery of the island with the help of your theories. I'm feeling confident that today is the day we're going to crack it, so let's start off with theory number one. Bad, bad, bad experiments by Darth Solidus. Darth Solidus. <laughs> OK, says he. The island was funded by the Hanso Foundation because Alvar Hanso wanted to repair his past as a weapons manufacturer in World War II and help humanity with these scientific experiments. But things went wrong. As the test subjects started to rebel and ended up, probably, killing a few people. <laughs> Someone Have some faith in these theories when you write them. Don't put probably in brackets. Someone on the inside called in the army to help clear up the mess, but Hanso managed to cover up the incident. Yes, that's, that was what I think the incident was, and paid off the government to keep this quiet. This meant the soldiers had to be left behind. They couldn't be allowed to talk. They are now referred to as the others, and hence the army knife in the other 48 days. The soldiers started taking the survivors of the crash because they wanted to save them, but they could only save the good specimens because they can't accommodate everyone. Knock yourself out with this one, says Darth Solidus. Oh, that is giving me a pronunciation. Pronounce Solidus, not Solidus. Comprende? <laughs> I think that last statement really yeah, put me off this I don't theory. Like him. What I do like is... This guy's been doing the experience like me. Yes, exactly. Yes. He's, he's got the whole Hanso thing. Is there any? Have we found out that Hanso was involved with World War II weapons? Yes, yes. We know, we know that as a fact. Yes. Okay, so he's got that. That's good. Uh, anything else in, in uh, this that tallies up with what we know? I think just um, he's obviously referred to the incident, which was um, originally on the orientation video mm-hmm. from Marvin Candle. So you're buying into this. There's not much new theory on there, though, if you think about what he knows no. from the experience and what he knows from the video. The, other- the only new bit is the bit that the others are taking them. The and they're not allowed to them. talk. But we've heard them. We've heard them talking, so mm. that's a lot. The others are soldiers, though. That's quite exciting. Probably. Okay. Theory two is the magnetic anomaly theory by Dell in Edinburgh. Mm. Oh, Scott! Hooray! Ma- yay! Uh, maybe the island is a magnetic anomaly which has drawn travellers for years. Black Rock. Desmond, Oceanic Flight, etc. <laughs> the Dharma people found it and use it as a base, but things were run down and the remains of their experiments, electromagnetism, nuclear research, life extinction, have been found by the travellers. If the Dharma people are in this business, they must be into cryogenics and the island will be a good location. Frozen bodies have been abandoned and some have woken up and created their own primitive culture. <laughs> the others. Steady. If you put the numbers into Google Earth... Oh, we have a geek on our hands, ladies and gentlemen. I think it's Tom. Do you think it's Tom? It could be. If you put the numbers into Google Earth, you'll find a place called Bangui, a Central African Republic which has a magnetic anomaly. Oh, oh, is that good hello. at the end? What do you yeah. reckon to that, Paul? That's pretty good. I mean, the Google Earth thing, I think we all took an intake of breath. That's pretty good. That's, that's geek fan mm. taken to, like, you know, the 11th level. Again, there's a lot of these series this week are telling us things we already know. So that's, that's gets that's a, little bit, thought, a little bit run-of-the-mill. But that's, that's nice. Yeah. Yeah. The cryogenic yeah. is a bit in the middle. Mm. Yeah. The cryogenic part I was not so keen on, but loving the geekness. I want, I want to see some waking up, if that is true. Yeah, see some I do. Cry- when they find, like, the hatches under the earth, maybe they'll find... The big it's like a like sort of ridiculously fake in the frozen <laughs> under the ice. A bit like Man of the Ice on Vic and Bob or something, yeah. One more theory. Here we go. This is the muted miracle theory by Miss Z. 
I can't stop thinking about how Locke was able to walk again after the crash. How weird was that? Well, I think I may have an answer, says Miss Z. In the first half of the 20th century, we had the inventions of antibiotics, television and air conditioning. But in the second half, nothing. (laughs) (laughs) That's not true. What about the C5? Oh, brackets. Okay, there was the internet, but big deal, it's just a digital encyclopedia. Oh, dear. Now, I find it hard to believe that none of our great brains have made any discoveries. So, actually, I think they have. I think that scientists have found a cure for everything now, but our governments became terrified of the thought of no-one dying and our planet not being able to cope with that many people. What, does she think this is happening in the real world or on, (laughs) on Lost? So they blanked out the scientists' memories and dumped them on the island. They are what we know as the others. And the hatch... (laughs) The hatch was just a toy for them to play with One of them got a bit of memory back though And cured Locke for fun Pretty scary stuff I love, I love wow. that the hatch is just a big youth club wow. Yeah exactly for fun. And they, they cured Locke for fun Pretty scary stuff Eh? <laughs> uh, Jenny, what do you think? To Miss um, Z. I think Miss Z is um, getting a little carried away with herself. Mm. Um, maybe she's sort of blurring the lines of reality and fiction here. Uh, Nikki? I like the way one of the scientists <laughs> regains a little a bit, bit of his of memory it. and cures yeah. Locke for fun. Um, because otherwise her theory would be zilcho because mm. everyone's lost their memory and had oh. it wiped. What do you reckon? I, I, I love the almost seemingly disconnected sentences. It's just fantastic. Where the first half of the century, yes. they, it's like, we invented television <laughs> yeah. and sandwiches. But and nothing, nothing, is, <laughs> then nothing in the like, second half of the century, though. No, apart no, from the internet. Nothing. Yeah. Apart from Locke, then, then a man called Locke could walk again. Yeah. It's just, <laughs> but they, they cured him for fun. For film. Yeah. Yeah, so yeah. Cured him for fun. Pretty scary stuff. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Uh, let's give these uh, marks out. Out of ten, let's start with three. One bad, bad experiments by Darth Solidus. Comprende? <laughs> <laughs> Green. What do you think? Um, this is the this is the the, the hand show is nothing had either. To get the, really, uh, I'm no. thinking like it's a bit boring. Maybe about four. Okay, Nikki. I think the uh, you dual, were quite taken by yeah, this. Yeah, the dual language really threw me. Yeah. Um, <laughs> it's, a, it's a six for me. A six. A six. Okay. Uh, my my favourite bit was when he said, um, uh, "They can only take the good people because there wasn't enough room to accommodate them." Mm. Has anyone seen the size of this place? <laughs> Get on that. It's a four because it's a bit four. Shit. I'm gonna give it something. It, it evens out at a five. Poor five. Yeah. Uh, okay, the magnetic anomaly theory by Dell in Edinburgh. Now, this has got the brilliant, put the numbers into Google Earth, you get Bangui. Yeah, he gets extra points for mm-hmm. I'd say this was a seven. Mm. I'm, I'm on the high side today, eight. Okay. I, li- I like eight. Eight sounds good. Yeah. So I'm going nice. to give it a nine. That makes yes. a, an eight, which is nice and easy. Uh, and Miss Z. <laughs> <laughs> the muted miracle theory. Why is it called the muted miracle? Oh, because they've been silenced. Of course, uh, Miss Z has out outbrained me. Uh, I, I'm I'm going to steam in here. I'm going to give this a nine. <laughs> I am going to give this a nine because this is the most imaginative. I think she may have something here, Nikki. I'm sidling up to a two. Oh, I did. Yeah, I was going to only because she kind of made me laugh a few times. Yeah, yeah so otherwise it would have been nothing. I'll, I'll go for a six because it was funny. We had a, we had a, we had a laugh. It's entertaining. Try and work that yeah. one out, Ian. Yeah, <laughs> oh, it's like it's like about five isn't it, or something. Uh, I don't know. It's <laughs> pretty scary stuff. Air. Uh, <laughs> if you're listening to this and you would like to have your theory listened to by a sympathetic panel, we don't always take the mick unless they're rubbish. Uh, then you can email your theories to UK Lost at channel. 
channel4.com. Uh, of course, my big brain supercomputer theory is is ever expanding uh, I'm excited to find out what Damon Lindelof thinks we're going to find out in, in a little bit but nothing has dissuaded me from that and in fact it's given you uh, a bit of credence with this week's episode yeah completely because it's the whole you know if we take the strand that it's going to go the god direction mm. that's kind of frightening but if we go the strand of your route mm. the super brain computer is the fact that I like the way that characters are being manipulated in, in every way so if there's a, a, there's a team of people somewhere going hmm Charlie hmm, let's mm. mess with Charlie and they know all about him directing him down this road he, he's ties in with your thing and it would be easier to control people's thoughts in their dreams exactly mm. so there we go so my theory stands true for the moment now you're listening to uk lost on channel 4 radio and as i said last week we've had to banish geeky tom from the hatch for being far too argumentative and just too geeky i never thought anyone could be but god he's an odd fellow did feel a tiny bit guilty about this, though, so I've sent him on a secret mission to interview co-creator, executive producer and writer of Lost, Damon Lindelof. Very nervous. I've not heard this yet, and it was probably a terrible mistake. You can only imagine how excited he got. Here it goes. Over to you, Tom. Hi, Ian. I'm um, here with Damon. Hi, Tom. Hi. So I'm going to be asking you a few questions. Hopefully some about the plot, but I'm guessing you're not going to be wanting to answer those, because you must get a lot of questions about the plot. Can you tell me what's going on? All those kind of questions. Do you ever get sick of those kind of things? No, it's exciting because, you know, when when, pe- when people stop uh, asking you what's going to happen next or what does it all mean, it means they're not interested anymore. So Very good. What um, do the numbers mean? <laughs> <laughs> well, it depends which, which number you want me to address. I mean, I could talk about five for hours or <laughs> 16. There's a funny story behind that and 23 is a particular favorite of mine. But as a whole grouping, I could, couldn't possibly, we don't have the time nor, nor the inclination to really get into it right now. Right, I read somewhere, I don't know if it's true, that um, Jack was supposed to be killed off in the pilot episode. Mm-hmm. Is that true or is it false? It is true, it's absolutely true. JJ and I in the first draft of the pilot, Jack and Charlie and Kate go wandering off into the jungle to find uh, some sort of transponder to send out a broadcast to uh, reveal where their location is. They find the front end of the plane and they find the pilot of the plane there who basically tells them that they're completely gobsmacked and he gets eaten by the monster and thrown up in a tree. In the first draft of the pilot, that was Jack who got chomped by the monster and thrown up in a tree and he has the transceiver in his back pocket and Kate has to go climbing up and pull it out. And But uh, Steve McPherson, who was then uh, head of Touchstone and then later became our boss, the head of ABC, said that that was a very bad idea and that we shouldn't do it and we fought for it a little bit but then we sort of realized in in the long run that he was right and we also was we were finding it hard to find good actors to play jack because they were like wait a minute i i die halfway through the pilot why would i want to do that yeah. so uh we changed our minds and to, to the uh to the benefit of the show i think is there anything you want to change like you would have changed about season one then or season two it's funny you know you look back on the show and you say maybe i w- we wish we had done a little bit more of this or or a little more of that but it only it only comes in terms of hindsight so i don't know if this happened in the uk but in the states people were very frustrated with the finale of season one the idea of just lock and jack looking down into the hatch they felt we hadn't given them the, the answers to enough mysteries but 
in order to start season two the way we did inside the hatch and not know that you were inside the hatch uh, you look at it and you go gee if we had what if we had shown Desmond at the end of season one instead of the beginning of season two it's really uh, as we say in the states six of one half a dozen of another you know so I think making mistakes is all part of the process in the show and uh, you learn from them so I, I don't think I would have done anything differently although we do acknowledge that we have made some left turns when maybe we should have gone right is there anything big that happened that you changed in the, in the scripts or plots or characters that you killed or maybe shouldn't have killed apart from Jack a lot of that happened more in season two episodes that you guys haven't really seen yet. I mean, yeah. uh, characters, you know, for example, we introduced the tail section characters. And one of the things that the show does is we, have, we as writers have a very specific idea of what, what direction we want a character to go in, especially the new characters, Anna Lucia and Mr. Echo and Libby. But then the actor begins to sort of inhabit that character and you start to, as a writer, watch them and get inspired by what they're doing. So, you know, our original idea for Mr. Echo and who he was began to evolve as as a result of watching Otto Ali's performance. So, you know, he was a priest in his bare bones construction, but then we started watching the actor and said, you know, as soon as he ran up to, to Jen and started hitting with that stick, you go, okay, he might be a priest, but there's more to it than that. So we ended up coming up with a much more complicated backstory for him, which is now aired yeah. over here. And so he's kind of a self-proclaimed priest. And the same with Anna Lucia. She was originally conceived as a much older, you know, sort of mellower, heroic character but when we cast Michelle she sort of brought an edge and sort of a, a level of villainy you know she was actually sort of people didn't like her and instead of trying to yeah, get yeah. the audience to like her we wrote to the fact that people didn't like her and made her kill Shannon you know really villainized her through that action and then ultimately spent the rest of the season making an attempt to redeem her so with the, with the characters it's very organic with the plot I don't think you can really change your mind as you go along you know because of what the show is you have to be fairly committed to the mythological signposts yeah. or else people are going to think you're making it up and, and we go on record as saying we actually don't make it up as we go along sometimes you don't know how how much time it's going to take you to get to a certain destination but if you never get there i think the audience will begin to cry foul and i wouldn't blame them for it i mean there's a lot of lost forums lost theories out there I mean, you must occasionally take a look at a few of them. Absolutely. I mean, you know, I started out as a as a web fanatic on shows like Buffy the Vampire Slayer and Alias, and I found websites that I think give honest feedback about the show, and then there are websites that just sort of critique the show for critique's sake. There's a lot of bad things to say about Lost, and most of them are said by us. We're very harsh critics of our own work, so we try to, you know, not go on the internet and, and yeah. find people complaining about the show. There are a lot of really good theories out there. Much smarter than, than we could ever come up with. But there's also some incredibly poor ones, like my friend Ian Lee is thought up of, about how Walt is connected to a brain computer, and um, he's in a constant eternal struggle with the black smoke, using his psychic powers to kind of, you know, help the islanders out. I mean, what do you think of that? How shocking would it be if I told you that Ian Lee was absolutely 100% spot-on correct? I would think that you were probably lying just for this interview because it's a load of guff. It is a fair amount. <laughs> I'd say it's on the guff scale, it's probably a nine. Right, what's up? This is a part of the show that I love, and that's the monster. And what I love about it is the sound design. A lot of sounds going on in there. I can pick out just a few, like the chains, like definitely some mechanical noises, but it's mixed start with more kind of animal sounds I've just you know did you have a plan for the monster you know and the sounds and you know or did you give it to the sound designers and go this is, this is what we want for the monster the kind of sound it has 
I give kind of soul. Carlton Cuse and, and JJ and I are sort of the creative uh, brains behind the genesis of the script writing and the storytelling. But Brian Burke is another executive producer on the show, and he is uh, responsible for all things post production. He's involved in, you know, sort of the A to B planning of it, but where he really kicks in is there. And while we were shooting the pilot, he was already designing the sound of the monster because while we were there on the beach, when they're all sitting around, there's this scene where they all hear it for the first time and everyone starts to turn towards the jungle and they all line up on the wing and there's this big shot and Brian wanted to play over the public address system the sound of the monster that he was working for the first time so that the actors would be hearing it for the first time and could react accordingly in the script it said it's something unlike they've never heard before partly mechanical partly animal um, and that's really all he had to go on and then we just sort of sat back and, and let him do his work the majority of his work he did you know in post-production and he found all these great sounds one of which uh, is in the New York City cab system they have to print out a receipt whenever you get out of a cab and it goes and he just recorded that and so whenever people were getting into cabs in New York and they hear, started hearing that sound after they saw the show there was some sort of oddly disquieting sense they were experiencing but they didn't know why because it was mixed in with howler monkeys and 11 or 12 other different sounds that he found to sort of create the sonic sense of the monster um, is there going to be a lost movie? there are no plans to do a lost movie right now ultimately you know I think it is a very cinematic show and would lend itself to a movie and that might be the perfect way to actually wrap everything up in a nice bow but uh, the reality is is Carlton and I actually went and we looked at interviews that Chris Carter had done around the same time that we are in the show now for the X-Files and at the end of the second season of the X-Files he said, people were asking him all the same questions they ask us about Lost do you have a plan is there an answer to all these questions are we is Mulder ever going to be reunited with his sister is he ever going to find out what the truth is and Chris Carter said yes I've got a plan and my plan is that I'm going to do four seasons of the X-Files and then a movie and the movie is going to answer all the questions and that was his plan but Fox who produces the show said the X-Files is a huge hit. We're not going to let you do that. As long as people are watching the show, we're going to make you keep doing it. And it went on for nine years, and everybody complained about the fact that it got muddy. And the reality is is we're working in the same environment, and I can't promise that Lost won't get muddy. We would love to end the show after four years, five years tops, and then do a movie. That'll be the best version of it, and according to our plan but we have to prevail upon our masters to allow us to execute that plan there you go okay thank you very much damon you're quite welcome i I really enjoyed our time together back to you in in the studio thanks tom knight well he handled that quite well i thought Yeah. yeah pretty good you can just imagine them getting a little bit too excited, though. Thank God he hasn't got my telephone number. <laughs> we, we may send him on another mission very soon, because it turns out that, that some of the cast of Lost are going to be in town very soon. Mm-hmm. So we may send Tom out to uh, investigate further. I prefer it when he's not in the studio. Yeah, <laughs> safe distance. OK, just a quick reminder of this week's competition. Uh, we're giving away three lost goodie bags, and one person will go into the draw to win a big bunker of prizes, which includes books, photos, and a sweatshirt signed by the cast and Damon Lindelof. The question is, in this episode, we see which part of London Charlie lived in. Was it A, Brixton, B, Camden, or C, Notting Hill? 
call 09011 leaving your answer, your name and your telephone number. Calls cost 25 pence a minute. Or you can text the word LOST and your answer to 83188. Each text costs 25 pence. Now we have an exclusive sneak preview of next week's show. I can tell you it's a Sawyer flashback episode. Keep calm, ladies, please. In this clip, you're about to hear Kate and Sawyer talking on the beach. What kind of person you think I am? What kind of a person do I think you are? I don't think this has anything to do with guns or with getting your stash back. I think you want people to hate you. Good thing you don't hate me, Freckles. Why do you have to do this? Run, I con. Tiger, don't change your stripes. Hmm, all will become clear next week. We'll be back to hopefully making it even clearer and maybe even finding a conclusive theory about the island. Keep sending these in to UKLost at channel4.com or maybe you'd like to tell us about it in person. If you want to be part of the panel down the hatch next week, get in touch now at the same address, UKLost at channel4.com. Thanks very much uh, to my panel this week, to Nikki, Paul and Janine. Thank you. Thanks, Ian. Thank you. Uh, don't forget that you can see the next episode of Lost on Channel 4 Tuesday at 10 and straight after at 11 on on E4, and you can also get in touch with fellow Lost fans on the forum at channel4.com forward slash lost. I'm Ian Lee, and remember, the button is bad. Listening to a download from Channel 4. To find more downloads like this, go to channel4radio.com.